I, <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's works. see what happens here. Um, How you doing, Rob? I am. I'm dying. I'm not dying. I've just got hay fever, but it's pretty harsh. Hay fever is quite mild for you when it comes to a eight or sixteen illness, though, isn't it? <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I'm yeah. I'm normally normally worse, but yeah. No, I've, I've got this. Just my eyes are on fire and streaming. I'm having a grim time. Probably doesn't help that we're recording at eight o'clock on an evening, um, which is all one person's fault, really. Who's another guest that we have on the on the show today? Um, Justin, how are you doing? Good. Good evening is what I wanted to say, but it's bright and sunny out here. I'm doing well. Mark, how are you? Very well, thanks. Yeah, how warm is it there? Just to well, it's quite warm here actually. But what's what's <laughs> um, today? It's supposed to get to 99 Fahrenheit, which is I don't know what that is in Celsius, but very hot very hot hotter than we'd get here definitely but um are you working it out rob it looks like you're about to do a google 37 degrees c that's pretty toasty isn't it that is pretty toasty well i mean to be fair we're not doing too bad here so i'm indoors currently and it is uh 28 in my office have to read that backwards but um did that come out backwards it did yeah yeah this is great oh. podcast content, isn't it? People are going to be loving this. If we've retained <laughs> any of the audience three minutes in, I'll be amazed. The old retention graft is, is, is rubbish. Right, uh, b- based on that, let's crack on. Um, Justin, thanks for coming on again. Uh, it was a little while ago you last came on, wasn't it? I think um, yeah, several, it's been, several months back. Yeah, several months. But a lot has happened since then. Um, I suppose for anyone who's been living under a rock since then, who doesn't listen to this show regularly, do you want to just very quickly introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm Justin Cox. I'm a writer, uh, business owner, the uh, editor of the Writing Cooperative, which is Medium's uh, largest publication specifically for writers. Um, we have almost 240,000 followers right now, and publish. Uh, I try to publish stuff two uh, every two hours between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern time um, from amazing contributors all around the world. That's a massive following it's got now, isn't it? I mean, it's been it's, yeah. it's been big for a long time, but I've forgotten how big it yeah. was. That's absolutely huge. Um, I should also very quickly mention that we're we're streaming this live to the Discord server, so to the Marcus Reviews Hangout, I think it's called, on Discord. The, the thing that me and Rob well, always that's, mention that's what it's called today, anyway. Okay, <laughs> changes, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, we've got some some audience members again, which is great. So hello all three of you there's four but one of them's rob so we can't count him um but no no like i said justin it's great to have you back on and i think um one of the biggest things that's happened since uh, you were last on is that you've written a book which we really want to talk about which does mean that yeah. this um episode oh rob's got it there amazing i've got the i haven't got the paperback version I've, i have got it i've bought it but i've got the, the kindle version um right, well, you should buy it again it's really nice I actually they, uh, they've done a good job i'm sure we'll get on to it later the, the, the way in which you managed to get a real physical book into people's hands but um well so i don't i don't know I've, i haven't seen your local copy because I mean, at the back of this one it says printed in great britain but certainly this is it's really nice nice i will get one 100 percent but it does mean that this episode is going to be about writing and writing online. And 
I don't care. We're going to go completely off topic. We probably won't even mention a MacBook or, or an iPhone or anything. So, um, But Justin, what, what made you write the book? What was the, going right back to the start of it, what was it that, uh, that made you put pen to paper? Uh, yeah, great question. So this book really kind of was the natural evolution of um, I did a coaching program for writers that I wrote the curriculum for at the end of uh, 2020, I think. Um, did four or five cohorts of, of writers throughout 2021. Um, and it was great, but it felt like, you know, there was a better option to get that coaching into people's hands. Um, and so I adapted the curriculum and that's where the original outline for the book came from. Um, I tell a story in the book that my grandmother for years and years and years has been asking me, when are you going to write a book? When are you going to write a book? Um, and it really wasn't something that was top of mind, um, but the curriculum naturally adapted to a, a workbook. And, uh, and so it, it turned into 15 chapters, I believe, and a number of uh, exercises and activities. And um, it's really intended to be coaching and encouragement for writers, whatever type of writer uh, they are to be able to pick it up and, and have their own personal uh, guide along their own journey. So that, that was the inspiration and the intent behind writing it. It's amazing. I think, um, like you, a lot of people have asked me and my family, could you ever write a book? When are you going to write a book, Mark? And my, my, my response to that is, I really don't know if I can. I probably could, but it's it would it feels like such a massive undertaking. And it's so different. I mean, we're different writers anyway, although I've, we'll probably get onto this a bit later on. You know, we, we've done similar things in terms of corporate-type work. Um, but as you know, writing going from writing 1,000-word blogs to tens of thousands of words in a book and keeping it coherent and keeping a story going and, and, and doing it properly is a totally different thing, isn't it? It's very, very different. And, I, you know, there's a lot of advice that we've published over the years in the Writing Cooperative that, says take your blog posts and those are those are chapters in your book and there's some truth to that but it's not like you can just pull what you've written before and publish it and it because it, it, it's not coherent like you were saying and um and this this book i have a lot of different activities and uh worksheets throughout that all build upon each other and so it it really did take a um as I describe in the book, I'm a, I'm a planner when it comes to writing. I need an outline that is clear and detailed. And, um, and that's where this book started. It started with a very detailed outline um, that I could see how chapter one would build into chapter two, would build into chapter three, and that it would make sense as a, as a full journey for people along the way. Um, otherwise, I think that it would have come across kind of disjointed and... Um, and not really a coaching journey, which is what I wanted it to be. You also describe another kind of writer, don't you, Justin? What's, if you're not a plotter, you are a... You're a pantser. <laughs> that amused me. I have to explain that. <laughs> yeah, plotters and pantsers. That, I don't know where those, those terms came from, uh, but they've been around for a very, very long time. Uh, and there are some people who are really great pantsers that can just fly by the seat of their pants and see where the writing takes them, whether it's articles or fiction. I, I know people who, have, who write entire novels just kind of 
coming up with an idea of a character and, and the basis of the story and seeing where the writing takes them. But that is not the style of writing that I can do. I need it to be fully detailed. Yeah, that's a bit of structure, doesn't it? I'm, I'm similar to you, really. I think, um, although I, I think free writing, which is a slightly different thing, but I think that's that's a, a really good exercise to get into, particularly mm-hmm. if you're struggling to know where to start. But I could yeah. never free write an entire novel. I couldn't free write an entire <laughs> blog post either because it would be horrendous. Um, no. <laughs> who, who's um, who did you have in mind, or what kind of um, writers or people who are aspiring to be writers? Did you have in mind when you were writing the book? Yeah. So initially. Um you know, the writing cooperative audience is all different types of writers. Um, the coaching program tended to lean more towards uh, folks who were new to writing. Um, it wasn't in, initially intended that way, but that's who was signing up for it. Um, and so that was kind of in my mind where this was starting. But as it kind of progressed, it I think that it can really benefit any writer regardless of where they are in their journey. Um, I actually had somebody that messaged me the other day um, who is like halfway through it. And they're somebody who I would consider a pretty prolific, great writer. Um, but they messaged and said, you know, I haven't written anything in a year. Um, I saw this came through and I, I picked it up and I have found my inspiration again. And I've written X number of things and like it's all coming back. And so I think that regardless of where folks are on their journey, I hope that um, they can find some sort of inspiration or encouragement from the book. I'm sure they can, definitely. Um, there seems to be a real thirst for, for, I don't know if it's just me, but I know, I know we have this on, again, on the, on the Discord server. We've got two or three members who have really wanted to get into to. You know, get, getting quite serious about starting up their own blog, writing on Medium, which we'll come on to in a bit, a bit later. Um, but I, I just get the impression that a lot of people are, are looking at this now and thinking, "I want a bit of that." You know, I want to, I want to kind of express myself online. And have you found that? Is that is that part of the reason you decided to to publish the book? Yeah, I think that there is a. I mean, part of it, I think, is that there's just the tools are out there that make it really easy to be able to get your thoughts and ideas out into the world. And I mean, when I started writing on the internet back in the early zeros, um, you had to know a thing about a thing or two about websites to be able to install WordPress or movable type or whatever platform you were using um, to be able to get that up and running. And and now the barriers to entry are none. Um, And meet what medium has done is they've, completely made it simple to not only uh, get your content out there, which blogger and live journal and all of those, the predecessors to medium kind of, they made that possible. But what medium has done differently is they've made it really easy to build an audience. Um, And the downside to that is that I think that there's a lot of folks who see what medium does and that, Oh, you can get paid and see that, Oh, it's a, I'm going to, just get out there and I'm going to, you know, make tons of money and not have to (laughs) work anymore. And so they see that as an opportunity. Um, And it's, I mean, it's a both and there are people who make really great money publishing on medium. Um, But I think that ultimately to answer your question that there's an interest because people are inherently creative. 
uh, people in, are inherently have ideas that they want to communicate and share with the world and tools like media make that very, very easy and very, very possible. Hmm. I think, um, I quite often, if I get asked the question about what's the most important part of my business, I always say it's the blog. It's always the writing part of it. It's not actually the videos that I make at all. Because if I didn't have the blog, the videos wouldn't exist. Or they would, but they yeah. wouldn't be very good. Um, everything stems from the writing. So whenever I, I, I coach, I've coached a few um, kind of smaller YouTubers recently, um, and they've always asked that same question. You know, where do you start with the video? what do you see as the most important part of the video? And I always say the writing, you know, start, if you can do anything, start writing before you do anything else. Um, that's, uh, and also it, le- it can lead on to so, m- so many other things as well. And I think a lot of people are, are just a bit reticent to, to do it. They're perhaps afraid they're not, they're not going to be good enough at writing all that kind of stuff, but um, you just need to get on. I think like you said, because those barriers are so, they just aren't, they're not there anymore really, are they? There's no technical barriers there to, to actually writing and publishing your own thoughts, etc. Um, yeah, you, you create an account and you can be publishing in, in no time for better or worse. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, there is no barrier anymore. Well, we're all waiting for Rob to start his uh, Medium account. <laughs> well, that's kind of the main reason I bought Justin's book and your book. Because... The, the whole point of self-help books is so that uh, you've got something to procrastinate about before starting to do the thing that you've read the book, <laughs> you, that you bought the book to learn about. But, um, unfortunately, Justin's book, and yours, Mark, sorry, just, but we're, we're, Justin's the guest, so that's why I brought him up first, is, is, uh, is littered with pep talk. It, you know, like in, a, in a good way. Like not, it's not patronising because I, I'd get annoyed if it were. But it's just like, no, you, you, get, you can do this. You could do this, um, and you know, and it, there's quite a lot of um, emphasis on making it a habit. You know, sort of uh, building good writing hygiene. So, and the thing is, is that if if he weren't coming on, I wouldn't have read it. Not not because I didn't want to read it, but just because psychologically, I you know, I've been threatening to start a blog ever since I joined the Discord, haven't I? And I was, yep. That's like, what, two years ago. And at various points, people have said... And I th- I think it's because anyone who sort of knows me from the Discord knows that I tend to go on a bit. So I, I think it's, it's recognised that perhaps I do need some kind of outlet for all the words in, in my head, because I, I tend to apply a long-form writing style to a short-form communications platform. I was going to say, you're, you're pretty much blogging already on on the Discord server. It's just only we get to see it. Yeah. So, yeah, so perhaps I should uh, elaborate on those things and, and put them out. So, yeah, watch this space. I'm quite happy to, uh, to, to, to learn in public and crash and burn, fail spectacularly. Well, that's a great, I mean you you bring up a great point because that's that's the spot where i think a lot of folks stop writing so medium makes it tools like medium make it really great and easy to there's no barrier to entry but and i try to emphasize this in the in the book i think a lot of people go on and expect i'm going to publish the first time and i'm going to get gobs of audience members and like instant views and it's just like that's that's all that i'm going to need to do um but there there's amount of work that needs to be put into it and there's an amount of time and um and it does take it takes time to build an audience and to 
uh, to get to that point. And I think a lot of folks get discouraged when there's low views on the initial posts and that the, that time comes in. And, and I, I talk about it in the book. I was that way when I first started on Medium almost 10 years ago now. And uh, I was ready to give up after a month of <laughs> posting one thing that didn't do very well. And I was like, this is not for me. And but I stuck with it and, um, and yeah, it's been almost 10 years, but I've built a significant audience and, um, and that initial expectation of like, Oh, it's, I'm going to post and I'm going to get all these followers. It's just, that's not realistic. That does happen for some people who get very, very lucky, but, uh, in general, it does take time. And, And I hope that people don't feel discouraged, um, to know that it takes time, um, and that your first post will probably first few posts will probably not garner much attention. And that's just kind of the way that the internet works. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I had the same thing as you, Justin, when I, I, I've dabbled with medium in the past way before I created this brand and the exact same thing. I kind of posted a few things, nothing happened. I just thought, why am I bothering? I think back then the thing that I didn't quite understand is the importance of consistency and just showing up. Mm-hmm writing every day even if it's just a paragraph whatever it might be um it makes a massive difference and, th- and that's what i did with with this brand with the marketless reviews brand you know two years ago i decided to write a blog post every day of the week monday to friday uh, without fail and i've probably only missed a couple of weeks where i've not done that um and the result of that is that i've seen growth in terms of the audience and in terms of the revenue um but picking up on something you said a moment a little while ago about um you know, people perhaps coming to it for the wrong reasons, looking at looking at it as a money-making endeavor. Um, it can be, and like my, my, my own ebook kind of plays on that, you know, the fact that you could be making upwards of $2,000 a month. That said, and as, I'm, as I make it very clear, you should never rely on that, and it can take a long, long time to get to that. Um, you know, you're using a rented audience on Medium. It's not yours. It's the same as YouTube. It's not your audience. It could be taken away from you tomorrow. Um, yeah. But I think what this all boils down to is that people have got to want to, to do it and actually enjoy the pro. I mean, I, I guess I'm like you. I'm sure Rob's the same. He will be once he starts his blog. I love writing. I have done since I was about 12, 13 years old, um, and it comes very naturally to me. You know, numbers don't at all, but writing comes very naturally to me. So I enjoyed so that hour, hour or two I spend every day writing isn't a, isn't a chore. It's the easiest thing I do actually, um, and that's why I do it. But I think a lot of people look at this and think, ah, I can get a big audience, I can make some money out of it. And if you go into it with that, you're just going to fail pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. One of the the greatest kind of examples that I, I think of the the consistency and the showing up. Uh, so there's a writer on medium named Zuli rain and she, uh, she did an experiment a while back to see how long it would take her to build the mandatory, uh, following count, uh, for, to, to be able to monetize her content on medium. And so she created a separate profile that, um, that was just brand new. She was approaching it as a brand new, uh, writer and it took her months and and she's a fantastic writer with uh, a huge following her content is, is is very well written very well created um, very well thought through and it took her a very long time and so that that's just a great example that like 
you could be the best writer in the world and it still will take you time to even be able to hit the threshold where you can start receiving payments from medium, let alone, um, I mean, the vast majority of folks make less than a hundred dollars a month. Um, and a hundred dollars a month is not, <laughs> that's not a lot of money. Um, but, but you can get to the point where you're making decent money. It's just, it's going to take a significant amount of time, um, and investment of yourself, um, which is great. Uh, if you have that time and, and are willing to, to stick out the consistency. And also with something like medium, what I've learned is that you have to get used to doing things that you might feel uncomfortable with. Um, I don't know about you, Justin, but I, I found with, with medium, 90% of the success of an article comes from the, the title. Um, might just be me, might just be the niche that I write in, I don't know, but which, which is obviously predominantly Apple and, and technology. But if I look at my stats, of which there are, are a lot now, um, the articles that perform the best have got the titles that I probably don't like the most <laughs> because they feel very tabloidy, very yeah. clickbaity. Um, nothing wrong with clickbait at all, as I've always said. You've got to, you've just got to follow it up with some value, but um, it doesn't make the process of writing clickbait titles any nicer, really. Um, yeah. Have, have you found that? Is, is that something you found with Medium? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I think that is bigger than just media. I think that's the internet in general of what kind of works with SEO and popularity. Um, I don't, I don't allow things that are too clickbaity into, uh, the writing cooperative. Um, and that might be to the detriment of our views and reach, but I, I just, I'm striving for a different type of quality. And so, um, I've tried to write those clickbaity type titles before and they do, they work, they, they gap capture attention, but, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it kind of doesn't feel fun. And unfortunately that's a lot of writing on the internet is, um, is capturing that attention. And, and one of the things that, I'm not sure if people know about the writing cooperative is that I, I publish a lot of stuff that I completely disagree with um, because I feel like there's, you know, folks out there from all different backgrounds that are going to be able to take uh, something that, and whether they agree with me or not is, is a whole different story. And so I publish a lot of stuff about how to write for an internet audience and, uh, and people who have found success writing for an internet audience who blatantly explain all that matters is your headlines and your section headings, everything else in between, nobody's going to read it anyway. So why bother putting any time into it? I don't necessarily agree with that. And that's not the quality that I'm looking for, but if the article that they're making that argument in is very well written and um, presents interesting points and, and, uh, and ideas, then I'll publish it. Um, but I don't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long does that take? So, I mean, you, you've got, you know, you've got your, what, nearly quarter of a million subscribers. How many articles a day do you review, do you think, would you say? So I don't review daily. Um, I, I probably could, and it would save time in the long run, but I just, I don't have the time to, to do that. And so right now I typically sit down 
it's been like Saturday or Sunday mornings lately. Um, and I'll sit down at my desk for a couple of hours and just kind of plow through the submissions queue and schedule things out. Um, as I mentioned, I, we have kind of a scheduling or a, a set schedule. Um, and so I'll fill in slots for the next two or three weeks, um, just kind of moving through the, the submissions. But we, we tend to get, um, I don't know, I feel like I go through 40 to 50 submissions in a, in a sitting um, when I go through it that way. Um, one interesting thing about Medium is that when you're in, when you're reviewing submissions, um, you can't see anything. It, it's the, if you're familiar with Medium, when I'm reviewing a submission, it's the same as if I was writing my own article. So there's no, there's no meta information. There's no uh, author information. So I, one of the things that I love about evaluating uh, submissions on Medium is that I, I literally only influenced by the content that's in front of me. It's not, I don't see who's created it. Cause I, my process is I'll kind of scroll the queue and open new tabs for all of the things that are, are there. So I just kind of rapid fire, go through them. Um, and so the content is what sticks out to me. And I, I, I like that. Um, I don't typically see who has written something until after I've rejected it. Uh, cause it kicks you out of the editor at that point. But, um, but yeah, in terms of time, um, the, the submissions review takes time. That's probably the most time intensive thing that, that I do for the publication. Um, but the reality is, is that I can tell within probably your first sentence, if it's going to be published or not. Um, if the, if the headline is somewhat interesting and the first sentence or two start off on a, on a convincing or captivating, uh, point, then I typically know it's going to make it or not. Um, then I'll, I'll keep going through and, uh, looking at the rest of the content. But if that first sentence or two doesn't show me something or tell me something interesting, um, it's, I can generally tell pretty quickly that the rest of the content isn't going to either. Have you found that the number of submissions have, have increased over the last two, two years? Um, so I have not been the sole editor of the writing cooperative until earlier this year. Um, and editing and reviewing submissions was not something that I did, um, regularly until I became the sole editor. I would fill in and help out from time to time, but, um, but I, I was not the regular editor. Um, I, I know that we typically slow down a little bit in terms of submissions in the, the summertime, um, but I've not noticed that at all this year. So I've got, I've got a couple of questions for you guys as a, as a, as a norm, because I'm not part of this writing clique that the, I don't know the wonky handshake. <laughs> what, what, why do you write? What, what's, what, when did it start? What was, what was the, when did you discover, do you know what? I really like doing this. Do you want to go first, Justin, or shall I? Go for it. It was when I first started reading, I think, really. The, the thing that kind of inspired me the most to write was Terry Pratchett. 
to be really really precise about it um i just remember reading his stuff when i must have been like i say probably 12 or 13 maybe slightly slightly younger actually um and just loving it loving the creativity and the world he built and i started off back then writing i think as most kids do writing fiction and um, all that sort of stuff um and then had a, a massive break in between the age of about 19 to about 35 where i did normal jobs and normal work and then uh, became a partly a, a writer for a living but um yeah it, it was reading that just inspired me other people's work um a weird combination actually terry pratchett and probably jeremy clarkson as well I was a, i'm a big fan of jeremy clarkson's writing um you might even see influences from him in my in my writing these days but um yeah it's definitely other people that inspired me to do it i think for me it was um i, I didn't write a lot when i was younger um i had ideas and imagination and but i didn't write a lot um it was really in kind of high school and college when i started playing around with blogging um and the idea of having an outlet having a place to express myself um that was fun and that was exciting and um and so it was always kind of this project that i did on the side that i i would have a blog in whatever place that i'd use it at the time um and i would have this kind of place to express myself and um and as i share in the book it was really my wife who who said you know you could do this as a career and and it was one of those things that I didn't really realize, like I was doing it as a career, both on the side and I write, I wrote a lot in my, my job at that time. I wrote um, curriculum and policy manuals and marketing and newsletters and you name it, I wrote it, um, but it, it didn't connect in my head that that was, <laughs> that was writing that was in my head, it was part of the job that I had. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't writing itself. And when I finally made that connection that, oh yeah, my wife is right. Like I, I can, I am writing for a living and that expands the opportunities that I have. Um, and I think that that, going back to one of your original questions, Mark, I think that that was all part of the inspiration for this book is that uh, like, I, I didn't, come from a creative background per se i didn't do an mfa i didn't um you know I, I i wasn't writing as a child um but i found success as a writer and i think that there's a lot of folks who can do the same i think that's true i think that's probably why a lot of people fail really and, and don't keep it up I guess. I mean, professionally though, Justin, because as you, as you touched on earlier, obviously medium isn't the only thing you do. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, so in terms of your day-to-day -day job, um, for want of a better phrase, running your, your own business, how, how does that fit around the, the whole writing stuff? So my, my business is, uh, I'm a writer for... Um, mostly nonprofit clients. Um, I work with, um, I work with a particular client who is a consultancy for nonprofit organizations around the country. Um, and so I do a lot of writing for them, uh, 
strategic plans for nonprofits, uh, grant applications, grant stories, uh, blog posts, kind of a lot of stuff. My background prior to um, going full-time with my business was in the nonprofit world um, for over 15 years. And uh, and so that that is a language that I speak very well. And I, I know my wife is also in nonprofit for her entire career and the ins and the outs of what make a great nonprofit um, is something that I've I've been able to experience. And um, and so that is kind of the the niche, if you will, that I tend to write in uh, or write clients that I write for. Um, but I have other clients, too, that come from all different backgrounds and stuff. But my primary clients are, are typically nonprofit organizations. See, I've got a huge amount of respect for you, Justin, because I, I think you know, I, I started my business back in 2015. Um, and the idea initially was to go into to build some kind of copywriting business. Um, and what happened over the, the course of about six years was I, ke- I kept adding things to it. So I was adding in podcasting production and general kind of marketing, external marketing support and all sorts of, of stuff and eventually video work as well. And the reason I did that is because I, I quickly found with the writing that I didn't enjoy it. Um, I, I had a lot of, I, I, I was quite lucky um, and also from a lot of hard work, I managed to get quite a bit of um you know, kind of ongoing client work for web copy and a lot of blogging, a huge amount of blogging work as well. Um, and I quickly tired of it, even though I kept it going for a number of years. I found it, um, I didn't find it inspiring enough, really. That's more down to me than the actual work itself, really, I think. Um, and I've, I've had a, a few, a couple of friends who've wanted to, to go into that field of work. And I've, I've, I've said to them, look, you ha- although, you, like me, you love writing, writing for a living is a very, very different thing. And I always remember um, before I started my business, I, a bit like you, I, I worked in, in, in another industry for 15 years. And towards the end of that time there, I absolutely hated it. And I remember every morning I'd walk past our spare bedroom and look in there and think, wouldn't it be amazing to, you know, rather than getting into the car and driving to the office, to turn left, walk into that room, sit down and just write all day and get paid for it. And lo and behold, a couple of years later, I was doing that, and it's damn hard, <laughs> really yeah. hard work, which is why I, I've got so much respect for people like yourselves who keep that going and do such a good job of it and clearly enjoy it. I think it's amazing. Um, but I think it's a bit of a wake-up call for anyone potentially who's listening to this or you know, who may well, listen to it in the future. To be fair, I, so I've done a bit of that um, SEO writing and for for-profit companies and... Wow! Hey, there we go. There he is. Can you hear that? Who's <laughs> that? Or you're at the F1? Doesn't oh, doesn't sorry. that guy know that he's live on eight or sixteen? <laughs> um, sorry about that. I, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Don't let's worry. see what happens here. Um, <laughs> the secret of comedy is. So I've, I've written SEO copy, and I think that's my might be why I'm so against it, because I don't like it, and it's not fun to write. And so I, I tend to stay away from those clients now, um, just because it's not interesting, and I don't enjoy doing it. Um, what's great about the nonprofit clients is that I'm typically researching a problem and educating people on how x organization is solving that problem yeah. um which is very different from 
here's content that is going to drive search engines to drive more sales. It's, it's, it's very different. Um, and it's more interesting and exciting to write because I, I'm learning myself about all of these different organizations and the, the ways that they're addressing. Um, I mean, most organizations are addressing the similar problems, um, but how they're addressing it is always different and interesting. Yeah, I think by its very nature as well. I think when it comes to non-profit stuff, it is gen- generally more interesting, and there's there's more, there's a much better story behind it, isn't there? Um, whereas, yeah. like, like you touched on, really the the kind of pure SEO-driven stuff, which I I went into it a bit naively. Really, I, I thought copywriting was more about you know telling the story of a product, and, and it is to a degree. But you, you then you then hit with the reality, which is this page has to perform well and rank well on Google, yeah. which means it needs these keywords, including fifteen times. So you end up kind of shoehorning words into sentences that just look horrible and feel horrible to write. Um, it's just not much fun. So yeah, it's nice to sound that you've not nice to hear that you've got that that niche that, that works for you. Have we tempted you, Rob, to to get into writing online? Yes. Yes, I think you have. Well, the thing is, is I don't know what I would write about, though. So I'm, I think what I'll do is just to, just to dip my toe in the water. I will write about the process of starting to write, i.e., you know, the, the processes that I'm following. Uh, you know, the, the the references to your book, which we haven't talked about yet. I think we should talk about your book because your book approaches it from a very different angle. So your your book is very much procedure. This is a, this is my method. This is how I've been successful. And, you know, these 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 are the do's and don'ts. Justin's book is very much more. Um, I'm trying to think of the word. I had an excellent word and I've lost it, which is <laughs> ironic given that we're talking about trying to trying to express ideas. Um, yeah, I think if I had to sum up right now, it's it's a pep talk. It's a it's it's a it takes you through a journey. It gives you some actionable items. You know, some gives you it gives you homework. Gives you some jobs that you can do. Gets you thinking. Um, and you know, by the end of it, you think, do you know what? Actually, I think I can do this. I might not be as crap as I thought I was before I read this book. So yeah, so you can read Justin's book and then read your book to actually get the nuts and bolts. Because yeah, in your book, Justin, you, you've, I think you deliberately stray away because we, you know, we we know your workflow is is amazing it's really you're, you're really into shortcuts and optimization and you have set up everything in a really elegant way but you don't really go into that at all in your book because it's, it's kind of it's off that's not what this book is about this this book is about finding your your voice find you know and learning some good habits Actually, on the subject of good habits what's your daily um your daily diary streak now it was like over four years last time. Yeah, so I use the Day One app. Um, I I love this app. I've been using it for a decade. I don't know whenever it first came out. And as of today, I'm at sixteen thirty-seven days in a row. So that's sixteen thirty-seven divided by three sixty-five. Four point four eight years of daily writing. <laughs> wow. That, I mean, that goes right back to what we were saying a moment ago. Yeah, about turning up. That's that's even if you're not publishing it publicly, that's um, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I've never been the person to publish daily. Um, it's that's just not my skill set. But I write daily, and I think that's important. And to your point, Rob, earlier, um, yeah, I didn't go into the the tools and the, the optimization and the 
um, all of that in the book because I, I feel like that's very personal and that wasn't the type of book that I, I was writing as you alluded to. It was, it was I wanted something that, that somebody could find uh, themselves and find their own process and their own method. And, and while I am a big believer in shortcuts and optimization and autom automation, I know that that's not going to be the case for everybody. And so um, I, I encourage people to find a tool that they like and to stick with it, because otherwise they can become, uh, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time over the years playing with different tools and, and, and things, and especially for folks who are just trying to find their uh, their writing voice, that can be a, a, a huge barrier or, or time suck that then prevents them from actually doing the writing yeah tools can get in the way can't they big time oh, so that, that's that's kind of one of the main reasons i want to start writing because i i'm really envious of hearing about you to you, you your workflow i'm really nosy anyway you know you know like whenever you put out a behind the scenes video i'm all over that i love having a pokey around your your office and you know other people's offices and yeah desk setups and workflows I love it. So when you guys are posting about, oh look, I've just made this shortcut to do this, or I've you know I've I've switched to this service to do this, that really appeals to me. So, but I can't get involved because I, I'm not writing every day. So I kind of want to do it just to see how slick a workflow I can put together. So yeah, so so that, that that's I think that's what I'll do. I will start writing about starting to write, and then hopefully at some point I'll think of of something valuable that I can offer the world. Just do your morning pages, I think they call it, don't they, where you just write, uh, it's supposed to be two or three pages of A4, but yeah, put that into, yep, into the digital uh, realm. Uh, Julia Cameron's, that's it. her whole philosophy is the morning pages. I mean, as I mentioned, I'm a huge fan of the Day One app. They have a daily prompt that if you're looking to just get started um, and to kind of form that writing habit, uh, the Day One app is a great way to do that. I use it for a number of other things, and I have... Uh, as I've written about my shortcut that creates the, my daily template, but um, can we share? Can we share that? Can we share that? That's one of the best shortcuts I've ever seen. Your day one shortcut. Do you, do you use it, Mark? I've tried it. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Doc. I think Doc uses it as well. Doc has adopted it. Yeah, I, I can. Um, I think that I have shared the most recent version. If not, I'll put it in the Discord after the after this call, um, the updated version. But, um, but yeah, I, I highly recommend the Day One app as a great place to start. Um, they have a free version. Um, their subscription version is worth it if you really get into the uh, to using it for tracking photos and all the and all the other things that it's good for. But um, but yeah, I, I, that I think has been one of the best ways that I have bettered myself as a writer is writing daily and so i'm interested to see what you put together <laughs> you're doing so I, well i'm interested Jason. to see what you put together and uh and the writing cooperative might be a great place to consider uh submitting some of that content to as well oh wow okay that's uh scary that's a lofty target isn't it <laughs> it's a lofty target wow well yeah, thank, thank you very much for even entertaining the idea of uh, allowing me to submit something for your review oh, yeah, i'll definitely do that at some point i'm sure the other thing i, I think we, have, we haven't really touched on is is the importance of, of your own website and 
I value mine really higher than anything else that I do, really. Um, but it often gets lost, I think, the importance of, of your own presence, simply because of these platforms that have, as we talked about earlier, they have their own audiences, which are essentially rented audiences. Um, but the I've always said, if you start from the process of creating your own blog first, create a WordPress blog, whatever platform you want to use, again, there's no barrier to doing that anymore. You can set it up within... 10 minutes these days um and that's a great great place to start and i think what a lot of people don't 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 realize about medium is that you can take your blog that you've posted on for instance wordpress and import it into medium and then it puts a a link in place to make sure that your blog retains all the seo goodness for for google and you still have that um, same piece on medium and i do that with every everything i publish on medium starts life on my own website um you, you do that less horrible headline usually well yeah that's a really good example of that actually so you, you'll you, you if you look at the same article on medium i've published on medium that's on my website they normally have very different titles and that goes right back to what i said earlier about the the title having to be very clickbaity for medium to work and less so really on my own website interestingly i've had more success with seo based titles on the website but anyway that's probably for another another conversation but um Justin, you've, you've obviously got your own website. How, mu- how much importance do you put on that yourself? Um, yeah, I do have my own website. You know, it's interesting. There's there's two schools of thought that I've heard over the years. And one was Medium's SEO is going to be better. Medium's SEO is going to be better than... Uh... I'm going to keep this bit in because I think listeners need to know that Justin is battling with... Uh, what sounds like his entire house being torn apart in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Um, I'm also doing that because I don't want to make the edit process any more horrible for myself on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, I am so sorry. Um, it's not your fault. The Yeah, so I, I had actually a really good writing friend who explained over the years that they relied on Medium's SEO and it was much better for their brand and their organization. Um, and, and that they, you know, they advise people not to do their own blog on their own website because of that. Um, over the years, I think that that might have changed a bit. Um, and I do see the importance of having my own website. And so I, I set up WordPress on my website um, and moved everything, copied everything from Medium to my website a year or so ago now. Um, and and I do now post everywhere. Um, and as Doc said in the, the Discord, um, I, do, I write everything in Ulysses. That's the app that I use, which then posts, uh, I can post directly to Medium and to WordPress. And that's typically what I do. And then I use the SEO plugin in uh, uh, WordPress to make sure that the primary link is correct and um, and all of that for SEO purposes. But um, but yeah, I, there, I think it's really important to have uh, your content in a place that you control, um, and then also that you have a place that's your home that links to things that are not. I mean, Medium. They try to make it so that that's your website. You don't need another website. Your profile is your website. Well, that's great, but I got other things that I want my website to do than just what Medium allows. And so that's that's a component uh, of my my personal brand, if you will, 
um, but it's not the be all end all. Yeah, I think just very quickly on, on the point of um, just focusing on some something like Medium or YouTube, I heard quite an interesting, quite a good quote the other day that about YouTube, funny enough, but the same thing applies to Medium, um, is that YouTube lets you build a mansion in their back garden. That's kind of what it's like. Uh, it's the exact same thing with Medium, like I say. So you can build this this following and even make money out of it, but um, it can be whipped away very quickly. Um, which is that's why. every social platform yeah. too that it i mean as you've said you you rent your audiences on those and that's why it's important to have a, a newsletter or a, a mailing list that you can export to whatever tool that you use because those are the actual people who are invested in you and and they're portable at that point um whereas whether you're a youtube creator a, a writer a TikToker, whatever it is, you're you're at the whims of those platforms. And if they decide to change how they do things tomorrow, well, that's their prerogative. And I and I, you know, there's a lot of folks who write about medium. There's a lot of meta writing on medium about complaining about medium. But the reality is, is like you're at that example of you're in the backyard like that's a great example because it's their platform they can do with it as they want mm. to and if they want to make a change to how things function that's up to them you we as writers on the platform have been given an opportunity to use those tools but that's all they are they're, they're tools mm. and those tools can change and go away and we have to be the ones that adapt yeah, we're not owed anything. That, that always annoys me. Yeah. And, and there is, if no one's kind of, if, if you haven't used Medium before, one of the first things you might notice when you first, when you first join Medium, and it is an issue. It's, it's it's been an issue over the last few years that um, it's full, like like Justin says, of people complaining about writing on Medium. Um, I saw someone recently write an article about uh, suggesting that Medium is massaging views and kind of um, you know pushing content and pulling it back and doing whatever. They may well be doing that, but that's like you say, it's entirely up to them. They can do whatever they like. They don't owe their writers anything at all. Um, the important thing is that you turn up, you enjoy what you're doing, you keep writing, and you don't think too much about whatever the algorithm's doing. And it's the exact right. same thing on, on, on YouTube. It's, um, yeah, if, if you've got that, that kind of attitude, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. It's as simple as that, really. Yeah. Just quickly, Justin, you mentioned the newsletter um, that was on our list to talk about uh, briefly as well, because uh, you've got your own, obviously, your eat eat your words uh, newsletter, um, oh, which I'm a... sadly on hiatus. For yeah, now, isn't it? Yeah, it is on hiatus. That was I, writing two newsletters a week was a bit um, that was a bit much of my my time. But um, I will say, so my other newsletter is this week in writing, which is for the writing cooperative, um, and I I'm in a new flow right now and i'm trying to get those scheduled at least a month in advance so if i can get that process in place um then you might see some more eager words coming back uh filling in the gaps there yeah well we'll put a link in the show notes anyway just so people can sign up um for when it when that does happen definitely um Rob, was there, have you got any other questions for us in terms of writing? Any other? Because I, I feel like you're going to leave this podcast today and just go and immediately start your Medium profile and start writing a blog a day because we've in, we've inspired you that much. Yeah, I, you've got, I'm kind of uh, you got me over a barrel now. You know, I've got to. I've, I've been I've been procrastinating about it for ever. 
And uh, yeah, now I've now I've got to actually go and do it, haven't I? By the next time, because we've got two weeks now, so we're back on our, our bi-weekly cadence of of eight or sixteen um, after three three weeks in a row, which is three completely unheard of. How have we done that? <laughs> so yeah, in, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm hoping that you'll have started. We can we can revisit it then. You, you're going to get your red pen out, Actually, which I would totally deserve because of the amount of criticism I've thrown at you over the past two years yeah well it's not really criticism it's it's kind of fair you know grammatical <laughs> errors and horrendous spelling mistakes so i can't really complain the red pen helps us all grow i mean that's what it comes down to you want to be a better writer you got to get used to having your writing eaten up by an editor absolutely you need a thick skin don't you yeah i think um Justin, before we go, we will turn briefly to the topic that we, we normally talk about, which is obviously Apple. Um, you and I are waiting for a pre-order date, aren't we? We're both waiting for yes. the same thing, which is the M2 MacBook Air. For very different reasons. I want to get it just to review it and make sure people keep watching my YouTube channel. Um, but you, <laughs> what, what's the reason that you're, you're so kind of excited about the M2 MacBook Air? So the... I've been using my iPad Pro more and more as a portable device, and um, and it's great. But there are some things that I just I do better on macOS as opposed to iOS. I do quicker. I, I um, Pixelmator Pro is my graphics sweetest choice, and it doesn't really do anything on on iOS, um, and so. I just, I've been thinking about um, getting a dedicated portable device again to, uh, to, to write from and to be able to kind of uh, do everything that I do at my desk, just not at my desk. Um, and that new MacBook Air is very sleek. And uh, I didn't go into that, uh, into WWDC as a, with the intent of buying a new computer, but I was sold on the uh, the new MacBook Air pretty quickly, and I, I think it'll fit in exactly where I want it to in terms of my workflow and uh, and what I do when I'm not at my desk. When are we going to see it? This is what bothers me. We just don't know when that pre-order date is going to be, do we? So I I my guess, and I've been saying this since wwdc my guess is pre-orders will happen on uh july 15th that's a friday and then the device itself will be available on the 22nd that's my guess um the tomorrow as we're recording this but yesterday as this is airing maybe um is when the 13 inch MacBook Pro uh, is available. And so I don't foresee them updating the website tomorrow with a pre order date or anything like that. I think they're going to let the focus be the, the MacBook Pro um, for at least, you know, and then we have federal holiday here the following week. And so that's kind of why I'm thinking the 15th of July is, is kind of be kind of that target date. That'll be refresh day, won't it? Yeah, I, I'm eagerly awaiting uh, <laughs> that date as well. Are you going to uh, buy it as it comes, or are you going to jazz it up a bit? I'm going to jazz this one up a bit. My my uh, Mac Mini 
that is my main computer is the base uh, eight core, eight GPU um, Mac mini with eight gigabytes of RAM. Um, but for this uh, MacBook Air, I think I'm gonna do the, uh, the 810 chip and move it up to uh, 16 gigs of RAM. Um, there's nothing I can't do on this computer um, on the Mac mini that I have now, I, I'm not hurting for Ram or speed or anything. Um, but I feel like upgrading slightly will give me a longer life of that laptop. Hmm. Well, that's the thing is, is once you've updated, once you've upgraded to the 10 core GPU and the Ram to 16, you're within spitting distance of a 14 inch MacBook pro. Yeah. Yeah, but the MacBook Pro is a pound heavier, half inch thicker. Um, it's yeah, I, I'm looking for something that is. Uh, I mean, the this Air is just a bit thicker than the iPad Pro, and uh, and that's really what I'm going for. I think that's a good insight into the people that that want this machine because I've had quite a few comments on the on the channel about. Um, what exactly what you've just said, Rob? Which is why on earth would you not buy the 14-inch MacBook Pro? But it is a very different machine, in fairness, and also it's got more, more um, certainly graphical power than I guess you'd need, uh, Justin, based on what you do. And why have all that headroom for something that you'll never use? It seems pointless, doesn't it? Um, and the, it is the, the initial benchmark suggests like the, the the Geekbench Metal Score. I'm pretty sure it outperforms the whatever the discrete GPU was in the. 16 inch the intel 16 inch macbook pro i because I, I i can't remember exactly what it was but when i had that i benchmarked it and that's got like that had like a red radeon what did it have in it 5500m or something but that was benchmarking at like twenty-seven thousand, i think in the geek bench and this the the, the 10 core gpu and the m2 apparently is north of thirty thousand. so you've got discrete gpu level performance in a fanless computer which is insane yeah, that's what's attractive to me is the, I mean, like I said, there's nothing that my M1 base model Mac mini can't do. I've, I've thrown everything at it in my daily workflow and it's fantastic. And so um, the, uh, yeah, the fanless laptop, I, I don't need the more power of the the pro. I think this is, it'll be exactly what I need for, for what I and it'll be more powerful for what I need it for realistically, but uh, I'm buying it for the long term. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say since, since we got shortcuts on Mac OS, I've been using my iPad less and less. That was Because that was its job. My iPad Pro was my shortcuts machine, and now we can do it in Mac OS. I've just been using it less and less and less. And now I've got the, the MacBook Air, my accidental MacBook Air. And yeah, I absolutely love it. So have you, have you tried Pixelmator Pro yet, Mark? I know you, you, were, you were thinking about getting involved. Right? I have. I've got it. Yeah, I've been using it. I've used it every day since, actually. I've only used it for one thing, which is the background removal, which is the best version of that I've ever seen. It's just you press one button and it gets rid of the background much better than anything else I've tried. And, um, yeah, I'm yet to dig into it any more than that, really. I've got, I'd have got. i like to give it a try as my main thumbnail creation tool, because at the minute I just use Canva for that. So my workflow tends to be I'll take a photo of myself pulling a stupid face, put that into Pixelmator, remove the background, 
get the PNG and, st- and stick that into Canva and put the layers and stuff in there. But um, I do like the idea of potentially giving Pixelmator a go as a, you know, a an alternative because it would remove the step of using Canva, which would is always good to remove one step out of a process. So, but I'm, I'm very impressed. I think um, I think unless you're a diehard Photoshop user, why on earth wouldn't you use something like Pixelmator? It's it's so fast. Hmm. It's so fast, and the process you just described, Mark, can be created with Pixelmator and a shortcut. So you can literally hit one button and do all of that instantly without even having to open Pixelmator. It's fantastic. Of course it can. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, have, you, have, you, have you not seen Justin's newsletter um, shortcut generator? It's, you know, I, I've, that, I've, I've, that was awful. <laughs> have, you, have you not seen Justin's... Sure. I'm going to... No, I give up. I'm Justin's shortcut generator shortcut newsletter <laughs> tool. <laughs> Justin has created a bunch of shortcuts that, that, that do exactly what you're describing. They're right. in the shortcuts channel on the Discord. I'll check get them involved. out. I'll check them out. I think bearing in mind that Justin's house is about to fall down and Rob, you sound like you're about to fall down. And <laughs> I probably will do as well because I've not slept properly for the last two weeks. Uh, maybe we should end it there. But... um. This has been awesome, Justin. Thanks so much for coming back on. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm a, sorry that my house is loud <laughs> unexpectedly today. Well, it's a really good test for my editing. So if this comes out and no, and no one knows what we're talking about at the end of it, then I've, I've done a good job. If they don't, if they do, then yeah, maybe not. But um, no, it's, it's great. And I think uh, it's been a very off topic today because you know, we normally talk about Apple stuff throughout. But um, I, I've really enjoyed it. I don't know about you, Rob. I've really enjoyed talking about the, the whole writing online thing. Yeah, very much so. Well, this is the conversation we were supposed to have last time Justin came on, but I don't know if there was an event that week or something, but we just got derailed completely and just ended up talking about Apple stuff like we, we normally do. But yeah, no, this has been a, this has been brilliant. And actually, it's probably come at the right time because since we last spoke to Justin, you've both got your books out and that's, I, I had some questions which you've answered, so that's been brilliant. Well, if, if I have any more questions, I can... Come and ask you on your webinar, which you have failed to mention, which I thought you might during the course of this conversation. I wanted to give all the plugging to to Justin, really. I think it's only only fair. Oh, but um, okay. no, I have I, no. That's quite right. I, I do have a, a webinar coming up on what date is it? I should know this off the top of my head. Twenty uh, ninth and thirtieth of July, which is completely free. Um, and it's just expanding on my my ebook, my medium writing ebook. It's got a better title than that. It's been a long week. Um, but the yeah, I've got a couple of dates uh, in the diary. And if you fancy coming on and asking me any questions about writing on Medium or writing online in general, pop on. It's um, there's, there's limited spaces. There's quite a few people registered already, but uh, it should be should be good fun. Uh, and more importantly, Justin, how, how do people buy your book? My book is available on uh, Amazon um, all over the world. So it's... Uh, available via kindle or uh, as rob pointed out at the very beginning um it's print on demand through amazon so it'll print locally and ship to you via prime and um and so yeah go to amazon check it out right now how to pursue your dream and start writing today great title as well we'll put a link in the show notes as well okay guys right rob go and start that blog will do i'll do more with pixelmator justin go and check out what those guys are doing to your house i'm really worried (laughs) yeah me too catch you next time guys cheers (laughs) thank you all it's been a lot of fun awesome see ya